on the run. Kiermaier running out of room, and she's gone. It's a grand slam for Giancarlo Stanton. A game breaker for Stanton and the Yankees. You know, you got to give him a mulligan for the way that start happened with the weather and the wind and, and the rain. Well, that's it. Lau strikes out. Sessa finishes the job, and the New York Yankees win game one. All right, welcome back to the boys of 161st Street. Tonight we got a very special episode for you, not only because the Yankees took the fat W, enjoying the hell out of that, but we got our big friend of the pod here, Robbie Berger, aka Brilliantly Dumb, at Brilliantly Dumb. Bobby, why don't you plug yourself? We'll give you a little bit of, where, where can the people find you at? Well, I'll tell you, fellas, you're getting a good Bobby after a win rather than a loss. You're not getting that <laughs> You get you get the good one right here, brilliantly dumb on uh, Instagram and the brilliantly dumb show. Uh, if you want to check out the podcast, hell yeah! I mean, we've been a friend of the pod for a little while now. Bobby's come on before, so we thought we'd pay him a little homage, give him a little playoff spotlight. So let's talk about it, boys. What happened tonight? What happened that? What went well? What went well? I mean. Uh, let's, I'll, I'll muck a seed like that because nothing went perfectly, but um, we hit the crap out of the ball. I got to say, we hit the fucking crap out of the ball. And we, uh, most importantly, I think that we hit the crap out of the ball today, setting us up for tomorrow is most importantly momentum. I'm a big superstitious guy. I think this is a big game for tomorrow. So I think we hit the crap out of the ball, and that, that was a big turning point. Cole did, Cole did great for, I think he couple mishaps, but the first inning home runs is was bound to happen. I think that's like what it's his 16th home run in the throughout the whole season, and 14 of those were in the first inning or something like that. Like it was crazy. Yeah. But I mean, here's um, the thing. Here's the hit. thing with him, though. My my thing with Cole, like a bunch of my friends hit me up about Cole giving up so many home runs. Like Verlander gave up that many home runs too. It, it during his Cy Young year, mind you. And it's just that guys like him. It's just. There's no perfect science to it. It's just that when you have that great of stuff, you just you want to challenge people. So you want to throw it down the dick. You want to give it to them, and sometimes people will take it. So like it, it comes with throwing it down the middle of the zone. And on that home run he gave up to a Rosarina around right in the middle of the game, I saw it. Like it was right up the top of the zone, middle of the like right down the dick, and he took it. So I mean, it's just with him, guys like him, you're gonna throw it. You're going to throw it over the plate. It just is somebody going to take it. And honestly, with pitchers that are that good, more often than not, guys aren't going to be on base. So it doesn't really matter that much. So to me, I don't really care about the home run numbers. I don't know about you guys, but. Listen, we're not. Go ahead, Bradley. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think he had his A-plus stuff tonight, which is awesome, too. I mean, I really don't even think he was really, um, you know, you get, you know, I don't even think he had his A command or, or whatnot, and to go six strong the way he did, we got to win the games that he pitches, even throughout the postseason. So, just go show you what this guy can do. 
Yeah, Listen, like, we're not going to outpitch the Rays, so we might as well be able to outhit them. And I think we proved that we can do that tonight. We're averaging over 10 runs in the playoffs so far, granted only through three games. Set a postseason record for home runs. We, we have to keep that up if it's going to have any any chance of going through the, the postseason. So the one thing I did notice, the one thing I did notice with Cole was that I think he was he was relying way too much on on like that blowing the fastball by people. That's when he was only, when he was only throwing ninety six. During the, uh, this is the beginning of the game. No, yeah, it's not the beginning of the game. Beginning of the game. Beginning of the game. He's only throwing ninety six, and that progressed throughout the throughout the, the the game. And then his last couple of pitches, he hit a hundred. Hit ninety nine, a hundred. Oh, yeah. And it was just, it was the same pitch. It's the same pitch. That's how he struck out Maldonado. Hundred mile yeah. fastball up cheese. You can't throw that in the first inning, but he can come around and throw it in the fifth inning. Did you guys yeah. happen to notice? <laughs> I don't know. The people that I was watching would happen to notice that when he was pitching to Maldonado in the fifth inning, I believe Maldonado's on. What? Maldonado's on the Astros. You talking or, about- I'm sorry. Man, Margot. Margot. Uh- Margot. <laughs> Margot. Sorry about that. Maybe but I called you out on it. Somebody else would. No, no, no. He's pitching to Margot. I'm sorry. But he, so in the, uh, it was 01, and um, Higashioka set up at the top of the zone, and it was. 100% supposed to be a fastball, and Cole abs- accidentally threw, I think, a knuckle curve, mm-hmm. and it was right down the middle. And since Higashioka was up here thinking yeah, it was going to be that. a fastball, he called it a ball. And if you look at the screen and like you know how down they the break middle. it up into nine sections, it was in the middle section, yeah. right down the middle, but it was a ball because Higashioka thought it was going to be a fastball. I was about oh, to got a kick out of that. I thought it was a Bob, what do you think about that? He- well, it's like he didn't even complain, too. It's, he knows that he got crossed up. But if you look at it, too, it was in the middle. And there was really – he couldn't even – there was really nothing he could say. I, I was surprised that that didn't get by him. Because there's – you get certain cross-ups and you're able to kind of regroup. That was a cross-up of all cross-ups. So I thought it was actually going to get by him the way. I got a little worried. Yeah, that should hit him in the dick. That, that one should have hit him right down where nobody wants to get hit by. And it's just oh. – can you, you can't hear me, you said? No, I said it hurt. Oh, oh I thought you said you couldn't hear me. It's been a lot of a lot of technical difficulties on our end, so I thought you meant you couldn't hear me. But either way, I, I saw that, and that was I almost tweeted out at that time that we, I want RoboUmps because at, in that very moment, you never know what's going to be too much, what's going to be too little. Like, is that one call going to just be the end of it for us? Like, is that, Are we going to look back at that one call and be like, oh, that was where we lost the game. And I was thinking, like, I don't want RoboUmps at all, but if there ever was a time, it'd be for that. Because that was down the middle, and I don't want to see him just... That is 100% just got, their fault. Though, oh, absolutely. The other absolutely. That, absolutely. That is their fault. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you can, it's harder to call that a strike than it is to call it yeah. a ball, you know? Like, in that situation where... It's not on the umpire. I know that. But, right, yeah. But I'm just saying, if there's a yeah. RoboUmp, then to be a strike. Right. Yeah. No, like, I mean, Kevin, our, our other co-host, Kevin, was way more upset about it than I was. I was like, "Well, you can't really call it a strike." He was, you know, Hagashioka was standing up when he caught the ball. There's no frame. Like they're they're basing the calls off the frames, and then turns around turns around and strikes him out of that hundred mile an hour fastball anyway. So it worked out. But it would have been yeah. a big strike too. I think that would have made it o two. It would have. Yeah. That evened it up one one. Right. Yes. I mean, it was a big strike too. It would have been a big strike had they called it. Yeah. So. The big storyline here that I brought up before the game even started and honestly is amplified now that the game has progressed. So we're a big Clint Frazier podcast, Bobby. 
I hope you are too, because this is going to be get ugly for you if it's not. But <laughs> we're an enormous Clint Frazier guys. Damon has been a Clint Frazier guy since the beginning. Damon was an early adopter before the kid even put on the before Clint even oh, put I on the kid in college before the kid put even cleats on. Before <laughs> Damon has been on not his college, but on his yeah. path before Damon even even laced them up. He was all after Clint. So Clint doesn't get the start during the Indian series. Very suspect. But we have we've seen as as Boone has done he's very into the lefty righty matchup. A little bit too much because I've looked at the numbers myself and I'm not the biggest analytics guy, but you know I took a deep dive to try and figure out what the hell was going on. Like maybe why is this decision being made? And when you look at the numbers, Clint specific, I mean, Clint's better against the opposing side. So it doesn't make sense to me why you're doing the lefty-righty thing other than the fact that it's just lefty-righty. That's it. It's just strictly, oh, he's a lefty, he's a righty. That's why we're doing it. So, I mean, with that being said, Clint gets benched and now he gets started. Oh, what do you know? A lefty's on the mound. Oh, caveman-like decision. Boone puts him out lefty-righty. Okay. Time for Clint to shine. Opening at bat, Clint's, Clint hits home run. Clint, had, you'd think that Clint did enough. You'd think, right? The second Snell comes out, so does Clint. So, Bobby, I want to get your opinion on that. I have, I am made of questions, so I'd like to hear you first. Um, as much as I love him as a person, I'm not a big Gardner guy as far as trusting him. I, I really don't have much faith in, in, in Gardner really at all. And even if it is a righty-righty matchup, I, I would take Clint Frazier over even if you put you know Gardner in from the other side. What I will say is, is there a guy that you could feel better for than seeing Clint Frazier hit that dinger? No. I mean, it's so happy. <laughs> Just oh, like genuine, man. just genuine happiness on his face oh. in the dugout. <laughs> Dude, it was, and even the guys coming out of the dugout too. It's like this guy, we all know, everybody says he could be a starter on any other team. And you know what? In one slip up, the bottom line is he's paid his dues. He's done all the right things. And I mean, to see him go yard, I, I hope, I hope he gets a lot more starts because I really do. Regardless, lefty or righty, I, I'm taking Frazier over Gardner right now. I really am. Yeah, and that's and, a that's a big storyline. Honestly, I, I put the tweet out. Multiple people have voted on it, and people are saying Frazier. And I, I am am I the only? I feel like there are a lot of people that are Guardy supporters, but I, I mean the time has come, and we know what we're getting out of Clint. We know what we're getting out of Guardy. I feel like the 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 high ceiling is there with Clint. No. Here's the thing, too, though. It's like I get why Gardner got those darts in the game, the the first couple games in the playoffs. I get that he was hot. Clint was cold. I still don't you know, get lefty, that. Lefty, righty, whatever you want to say. Cold meaning he was like one for twenty or something like that after going on a fucking hot streak. But yeah. the fact is, is is Clint Frazier didn't hasn't played in eight games. He hasn't played in eight games. He comes in first half bat. He sees one pitch, then oh he sees my God. one other pitch, and takes a fucking 415 feet. Like, that, shit. that to me is just insane. And if a manager can't see that and then says, fuck, this guy is giving me a big, you know, one of these, like, <laughs> just no, start know, the guy. I don't know. It's just... It, if I could play uh, devil's advocate for a second. I'm a big, big, big... Don't. 
fan of uh. Frazier. I think he's going to be our left fielder of the future. I don't think there's any debate about that. But I really do understand them starting him in game one and game two of the last series. And I mm-hmm. also completely understand why they started Clint. If there was, they obviously weren't going to carry Clint on that roster and not start him at any point. So if there was ever a game to give Clint his first start, it was tonight. And he obviously proved that he belongs. So now we're in a spot where I'm not going to be that mad if I see Guardy tomorrow in the lineup. And I'm not going to be that mad if I see Clint in the lineup. If it were up to me, I'd start Clint tomorrow. But I think it's really a good problem to have. And I don't really see our own option there. Day, the pressure will be on Boone now probably more than ever in regards to that spot and, and filling that spot, especially with Frazier, you know, doing what he did. Um, yeah, I'll be interested. See, I, I feel like it almost kind of forces Boone's hand now to go with Frazier. I'm with you. You would think that, right? But then, I mean, here's there are so many factors that play into this is that Boone named him the starter before the season's before the postseason began, and then I feel like you're pressured no matter of the the last forty at bats, whatever. I know everybody brought those statistics up. I mean, you named him the starter, so you got you kind of got to keep the kid in. Like you just you. I mean, first of all, before that, a couple chapters before you've been fucking with the kid's head. Send him down. Send him up. Send him down. Send him up. Oh, you're the starter. Oh no, you know, first game that matters, we're gonna take you out. That to me is a little bit like, hey, this is clearly a kid who's a little bit of a head case. You don't want to do that with him, but but is he? Because he's done so well. He's done so well, but I'm just saying with those circumstances, he just he just proved himself. You kind of got to roll with him. You can't you can't name him the the starter and then not roll with him. You but he he hit a home run. He had a great start to the game. But why do you pinch hit Gardner at the end of the game? If that, exactly, right exactly, I know. But when, why? Why would we I, think that he's going to go ahead and start? Gar- why would we think he's going to go ahead and start Clint Frazier tomorrow? There's, that doesn't make any sense. Bob, he's what do you start think? Gardner? I totally agree with you. I, I think I know Boone is an analytics guy, and I love Boone. But eventually, I mean, the guy's hot. He's got the hot bat. It's got to come to a point where it doesn't matter if it's coming from the right side or left side. He's feeling good. You know what I mean? I kind of wish they would have gave Frazier another AB there. I really do. That's I mean, half of baseball is feeling good. I mean, <laughs> like that. I said. It really is. And talk about a guy who's not feeling too good, Gardner. Yeah. Last yeah. year, I would have made the argument that that would have been a great move because then you have Gardner coming in defensively, but there's no indication that Clint Frazier is any worse than Gardner defensively. He's proved himself defensively this year. Yeah. So there was, it's not like defense played a role in that switch. It was strictly because he wanted to see the ready lefty match. Clint, Clint might be. Part I don't agree with. Clint might be a better defender than Cardi this year. He really might. You're right. He because might Gardner be. Has a spaghetti noodle attached to his arm. Yeah. Like so the argument, and, and no, and, and Clint has definitely has a cannon. So the argument that that he's coming in for a defensive replacement is just completely out the window to me because Clint has oh, Clint has never made an error that I've seen. I don't know. You could probably look at the stats, but. He might have made year. one, yeah. but I haven't seen anything that made him look suspect at all. And to me, like I said before, when you look at the numbers, I mean, you, you kind of sit back and you're a little bit, you, you play, you just like, you play fan for a little bit. But if you have any, any sense, like you, you want to take a peek at the stats. And I took a peek at the stats and I looked and I'm like, what, what could Boone be looking at that I can't find? So I looked and I saw the lefty-righty matchup. You look at the splits. You look at everything. I, I talked to you about this, Damon. We talked about this plenty of times back on the pod, previous pods. Check the tape. It's there. I'm just saying, I mean, you look at the numbers. Clint is better against 
the same side than he is against the opposing side. So when a righty comes in, I don't know what numbers that Boone is looking at that makes him pull him out there. I, I think I think he's strictly looking at the lefty righty matchup, and that's it. And that makes you me know it's funny? that makes me nervous having him as a manager and. That uh, I lose a lot of faith in him at that because the only numbers you should be looking at is his batting average against that side. And if it's, I, I swear to God, I I won't put the numbers up right now, but if you check the tape, it, it's at least a hundred points different for him against same side versus the opposing side, which is crazy. You know what's funny is that like um, I think Meredith Meredith was talking to to Boone during the game, and she was like, you know what what made, what made you kind of want to start Clint Frazier tonight. Yeah, and that's a that. toss up. That's like that's like a hey, here's a slam dunk. You know, you can say anything you want. And his response was just, "Well, you know, he's been a big part of this team, and he belong- he belongs in in the lineup right now." Yeah, he's like that's his spot. I'm like, yeah, it's cool, but like, what happened the two games before that? Like, <laughs> like explain something else. Which I I don't know. I just don't get it. No, he said he said that's his spot. You can make is the veteran presence, but Clint kind of tossed that out the window by going yard in the first at bat he had. Absolutely. So clearly the stage isn't a factor, and clearly being there isn't a factor when Clint's playing that well in the limited time that he had tonight. So yeah. I agree with you, Bob. What do you got? I tell you what, they had some real good at bats against Snell too. I mean, they really. Oh. Great. I really liked even, you know, even as much as I get down, you know, when they went down, I even, you know, my, even my dad texted me and we were thinking they're still having some really good at bats. So I still felt confident even when they went down that they weren't going to go down without a fight. Cause sometimes when they're, when they're seeing counts and even Frazier has some really good at bats to where when they're working counts and they're not swinging at first pitches or bad pitches, they, they could be dangerous, man. It's like a whole new team when they're doing that too. And Snell felt it tonight. Every time I looked, he started that off, he had a what, like a six, seven pitch at bat, the first at yeah. bat of the game. They hit was, a single to right center. Something it was amazing. 16 pitches. When when Hicks stepped in the box in the first inning, he had 16 pitches. So that's, between Judge and Mayhew, it's eight apiece. Oh, shit. Is that so? He was already at 16. He yeah. threw his seventh. The first pitch of the Hicks at bat was his 17th pitch. Yeah. Wild. Wild. They were, that, that, was, that was very impressive. He also kind of fought back a little bit because as he was entering the fifth, he only had 46. So, like, the, the second and third innings weren't so good in that sense. But to start off the game, at the very least, they did very well in terms of waiting for the pitch. Yeah, I mean, they definitely had the approach. I mean, you talk about the approach last series. They were all over it in terms of the approach. They were they were seeing their pitches. It wasn't the Yankees that you, you don't want to see. The, the Yankees you don't want to see is the Yankees that just swing at everything and they just – strikeout and all that stuff. You didn't see that out of the guys who you'd think you'd see that out of, which is Stanton and Judge. Specific, specifically, Stanton. Stanton is out there getting three O counts like it's his job, and that's what you want to see out of guys like that. Like If you've got guys like Stanton who are getting three O because they know they're not going to get pitches, and then they, and then they cut to uh, bitch-ass uh, Cash, Kevin Cash, and he's like, oh, what do you guys want to do differently? Oh, we need, we need Snell to throw more in the zone because we're taking so many pitches. And that's probably the entire game plan that they had. They had the game plan to throw them out of the zone. And he's like, oh, we should probably throw some more in the zone. It's like, no, that's just because we had a better game plan and we just decided not to swing it. You're bullshit. Like, that's, I really hope that's the difference between this year and last year because that'd be huge. On the contrary, though, too, which is kind of scary, even though on paper Cole you know, had a good game. 
Tampa had some good at bats off Cole, and it kind of scares yeah. me moving forward that this is what they do. They're tough. They they're they're pesky. They have good at bats to where we could sneak by with Cole moving forward. It's scary because Tampa's no joke either with the way they have at bats. You know, Bob, it's fucked up too because I tweeted out before, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, I I thought it before I tweeted. I was like, do we just at this point are we at a point where we just walk G Man Choi? And I think I think we are at that point. And and just as I tweeted that, the very next at bat he got up, he got walked to to load. I mean, that was a, that was a baseball move to load the bases. I mean, he was already up two zero. You're already no. up two. Oh, was you're that already up two zero? The pre-show, or was that you, Damon, that said said that you know I didn't really even think about that for Boone was such. A, I mean, that was make or break for Boone as far as yeah. it was a ballsy thing to do to walk him and put a run. Oh yeah, no, I was mentioning that before. I said I was thinking in uh, uh, relation to how we were going to record this podcast, and I just knew that that would could have easily been a make or break moment for Boone as manager. It's like why is that's that such a ballsy move to walk Choi there? And it, we tended to work out, but if it didn't work out, we're going to be here, you know, Dude, about. How terrible the move that would have been. So Why is that been wait, so lucky with his, with this decision? Wait, 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 recently? wait. Backtrack yeah. a second. I hope Why? he stays hot, but he's on thin ice. Wait, wait, wait. My line between lucky and good, my friend. Let's I let's know. let's wait. Let's get you into this a little second. You know Why does that make a break? Girardi didn't. He he goes with what he feels best. A lot of times when Girardi was the coach, he would do a lot of things that where he kind of had to, where it almost felt like his hands was forced by the media yeah. or whatever. Boone will go with what he thinks best, and I do respect the hell out yeah. of him. He is, Damon. You're not kidding. He, That's true. He, he flirts with the line for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, wait, wait. Let's talk about that. Let's dive into this for a second. Why do you think that was make or break for him? Because I, I feel like that was the right move to make. I, I know that he's had plenty of moves that are that are very iffy, but I feel like he definitely should. The guy that had been facing Boone and he clearly has uh, facing Cole. I mean, he clearly has Cole's number. I feel like you got man on first and third. You got to walk the guy and face the next, a Rosarino, whoever it was after that. I don't know. I feel I'll, I'll, I'll counter with this. If that, if the next batter hits a blue base hit to right fields, two runs score. This is a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. Was it two outs? You know, What's that? Was yeah, it was two outs. Oh, all right. It was two outs. So, yeah. No, you're right. It, actually, I could be wrong. wrong. It ended up being the right wrong. move, but, but it was ballsy in the sense that you get a little bleeder through the hole, whatever, yeah. maybe. Now you're scoring too. No, I'm saying because yeah. it's even it's more. It's, it's harder. Yeah, it's harder of a move to put that run on, to put the guy first and third to bases loaded because if there's one out, yeah, you want a double play, but. I think there was two outs, so it, it's even more. Because, uh, yeah, it's even more difficult of a move now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I mean, I think second and third, it's it's then it's kind of a no brainer yeah. where you could you could put him on. I think that's what kind of made it ballsy out of Boone, which is why I agree with Nolan. It's like that was fucking make or break. There was nobody in the you know in the stadium that wanted to see that out more than Boone. And there ain't nobody yeah. in the stadium. I can't wait to the people in the stadium. By the way, side note, but but it, Cho, Cho also like he's also taking. Cole Yard every single Four time. time. I think he had, yeah, it's true. So that's another I'm, thing. He's seen the ball well off his hands. So his numbers can't, that situation against, I respect it. You his know, numbers the guy, against the Cole. I believe he has four home runs on ten hits off. It's crazy. Cole. crazy. His Who numbers are silly. <laughs> 
It's like this random ass guy is just like taking over the Cy Young Award winner. It's like hysterical over Cole. You got to think Cole's thinking to himself too. This is bizarre. No, I, they asked him. They asked him about that. They what asked. Was he saying? They asked him about about what, what do you think of because the numbers of G Man Choi are just off the charts. He's G Man Choi versus him. Yeah, I mean, you know, Garrett Cole knows about that. So G Man Choi's numbers are like at least 800 batting average against him. And I, think was, got- I actually remember it because they showed it on a, a stat before his first at bat. I believe before the game, he was nine for 18 or nine for 17 or somewhere in that range with three home runs. That's <laughs> before the game. That's crazy. And now four home runs. So, you know, you know, Cole. Yeah, the Yankee killer. But you know the guy, Cole, who is a stat nerd. He knows all these numbers. You think he doesn't know about this shit? He knows about this shit. So Cole Troy's coming into this. he got some real estate up in his, his head over there. He's Absolutely. Yeah, and that's. Cole's probably saying, thank God. That's why I said we should walk him. Because I thought we should walk him because Cole knows his numbers. And they asked him about it. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to make excuses or anything like that. Because that, that's on me. I made some mistakes. But I'm not going to take away from his game. I'm not going to take him away from because he didn't want to be like, oh, I made mistakes. That's why he did it. I mean, it's a big enough sample size to the point where he got he has your number and that's it. There's no explaining it. But he made some mistakes and that and that's what happened. But like, I mean, clearly the kid has his number. And I mean, he's been flirting with switch hitting, but he's, he's clearly a lefty and lefty versus righty in this situation clearly clearly pans out. So yeah, and Cole. Oh, when, uh, uh, that was the one we were talking about earlier with that curveball that was right down the middle of the ball. I believe that was yes, exactly. That was the same at bat. Yep. So yeah, crazy. Can we so, uh, talk about Debbie starting tomorrow? I, I was about to bring that in. Right? So <laughs> we were talking about that before you got. I, I didn't know. I just, I just want to open up that can of worms. Yeah, no. I I was gonna get into that. There was two main talking points. It was the Clint thing and it was the Debbie thing that I wanted to get into. And let's at least talk about this. Like, why? 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 Just, just, Murph, answer me why. All right, I'd love to because I'm glad you called on me. Thank you, Mr. Teacher. But I, I actually – so uh, Bob didn't know the, that Debbie was starting. We were talking about before, and he immediately said, I like the move. And it's funny because originally I asked the same question as you, really, is why? And I have a pretty good theory for why, and, and I support the theory if that's why Boone went for it, and it's that – we're facing Glass now, who we traditionally struggle against, and we don't want to. I don't know. This is going to be a little bit of a long argument, so bear with me. So, Tanaka versus Glass now. Our odds of winning that game are somewhat low, and we need kind of this little spark, something crazy to happen in order for us to win that game. So, I, I respect and appreciate the move of putting Tanaka in Game Three to a have Tanaka be able to focus on Game Three, knowing he has it, and knowing that we can win that game if he's facing Charlie Morton. And then if we lose to Glasnow because Debbie Garcia was pitching, that's okay. We can live with that because Tanaka very well might have lost to Glasnow because we do not hit Glasnow very well. Also, second point to that is that we have no idea what Debbie can do in the playoffs. He's proved himself very tough in the regular season, especially for a young kid like that. And who knows? He might go and throw a gem tomorrow and give us a spark we need to beat them. And then in that situation, then for game three of the closing game, we have Tanaka throwing, who is – Amazing in the postseason. 
So I really, really respect the move because you don't want to quote unquote waste Tanaka for game two in a game that Tanaka could go out and give up a run through seven full innings and we could still lose that game. So that's yeah. my argument on it. We could debate that, but I actually really, really think this is a ballsy and good idea. Bob, what do you got? To me, I was, I was shell-shocked. I mean, I, we were on here before. I couldn't believe you had told me that. I was shocked that they did it. But I, I actually love it. I really do. I, I, he's tough as nails. Like I said to you guys, I mean, if, if he goes down, it's not going to be from nerves. I mean, he'll be ready to rock and roll. You could get a really good Garcia and I honestly, you know what I like about him? He's going to go at guys. He's going to attack guys. And I uh, I actually love the move. And I love anybody on the mound that's not J.A. happen. And with Garcia, you don't get at. So I, I love it. I think it's a, it's definitely the same thing before. It's a high-risk, high-reward situation. And I think that if Boone comes out there – sorry. If Devi comes out there and throws a gem, Boone looks like a fucking genius. Because then you got Tanaka going in game three who is lights out playoff Tanaka and Boone's just like, what up motherfuckers? You guys doubted me. Right. So, like, I, I just, it's a high, high risk, high reward. So either he throws a gem or he gets shelled. I don't think there's any in, in between. So <laughs> am I going to be the only one who is not in favor of this? Because I thought I was going to have to, I mean, I'm not in favor or against that. I'm just like, I have no idea. I'm just so like, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens yeah. because Yankee lineup is hot. Every person in the lineup today got a hit. So everyone's feeling good about themselves. No, I get so that. I'm confident in that. I'm but all for also, that. Who made, a, made that decision before this game even happened? So, so I'm all... actually one thing I wanted to mention. Wait, wait, wait. Shut up. Just shut up for a second. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to hop in before you. So shut your mouth for a second because I, I am fully not, a, not for this whatsoever. I, I don't know why you guys you, are. All you've for... been talking about starting Devi over Hap for. Literally, yeah, you've been like months number one on the Debbie no, train no, ne- Debbie over Hap, not Debbie over, not Debbie over Tanaka. Yeah. Regardless, they're yeah, gonna pitch where, where are you pitching a series? No, indicate how it's good not you about are that. It's, it's not about no, 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 no. Here's the thing it's not, it, it, it does matter. The two versus the three matters more than you even can imagine. Because let me break it down for you is that if if Tanaka does not pitch game two, then he can't pitch game four. So Tanaka can pitch the, the the pitcher who pitches in game two can pitch twice, and he can pitch in. No, they can't. There's no yeah, off no, day. No, 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 no. on three days rest. He can pitch in relief in that game five. We're not going to. Tanaka's not a relief guy. Though. So you're Cole, saying that Cole you're is going to be a relief guy, not Tanaka. Yeah, I'm sorry. Can, if I, if I may, you're saying that you, may. you would like to see Tanaka in game two so that he could maybe come in relief in game five. When has Tanaka ever? Well, no, 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 no. If I may, Murph, <laughs> Murph, Murph, if I may, it's kind of like a no, no, no. sarcastic. If I may, no, that's no, Murph, completely ridiculous. Murph, no, that's not the reason, but that's another reason. If you want to, if I may, Murph, but if I'm talking about. The reasoning behind why I want Tanaka to start game two is because Tanaka is the better pitcher. That's I mean, that should be the only answer. Second answer is because if uh, a few people texted me about this too and were like, "Oh yeah, like I agree with the Devi starting game two because you know you might lose the game, like you guys said, you might lose the game against uh, Glasnow because Glasnow, like we can't hit Glasnow no matter what." So. I, you know, you might as well throw Devi out there and try and steal one in game two. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever because why not throw a guy – if you think – because that, that means that you think that Tanaka is that much of a stopper, 
that you can win game three no matter what if you do lose game two. And to me, that makes no sense because if you think he's that much of a stopper, then put him in game two and just win the game and then just go to go up 2-0. And Let me then, ask you this. No, no I'm, if you think he's that big of a of a playoff pitcher, which I do think he is as well, why not just put him in game two and just, like everybody else in the world, pitch your second best pitcher in game two and just win the game? Don't worry about going 1-1. Don't worry about having to win game three. Just win game two and just go up 2-0. That's Let me my ask question. you this. What pitchers are you most confident in winning? What starting pitchers are you most confident in winning a playoff game on the Yankees roster right now? That's healthy. Garrett Tanaka Cole, and Garrett Cole, Cole Masiro Tanaka. So yeah. why not put both of them in the best position possible to win a game? Because, I mean, you can do that. I mean, why? So here's the thing. And that's so, what they're doing. They're putting Tanaka in a back, and then Cole's going to pitch game five. And you expect Cole to win no matter who he's facing. Again, I think it's just, it's just high risk, high reward. Because if... If Debbie comes out and wins tomorrow, then you have a healthy Tanaka going in game three who is lights out in the playoffs versus who is the Tampa Bay third starter? I don't know. Morton. Morton. It, no, it, it's Charlie, Charlie Morton. He's really good. And so if they <laughs> and even if they lose tomorrow, then you're in an even series. You're basically just in a three-game series, and then we have Tanaka and Cole able to pitch in two out of those three games. Regardless, I, I think they'll have Garcia on a very tight leash. I, to be honest with you, I'm not opposed to them doing these bullpen days like they did last year. Because yeah. when it comes to times like when you got to throw out like Hap or, or you know, someone to that, even throwing out Garcia now, like I, I have no issue, especially with how good the bullpen looked today, of, of doing a bullpen day and letting that ride. So I'm sure regardless, he'll be on a very tight leash. That's why it's big that we had that inning in the ninth because now Chapman didn't have to throw today. We threw Sessa in the ninth inning. Granted, we went through Britain and, and Green, but we really didn't tax the bullpen too much. So, if, like you said, Garcia has a short leash, then we have the bullpen to do so. Totally. And right. it also takes pressure off Debbie because he's got a 1-0 lead. They're not down 0-1. Back's not against the wall right now. So, maybe that's – because they announced Debbie before this game. So, even if they lost today, Debbie's still going tomorrow. So, at least winning, especially by that margin, really takes some pressure off Debbie, which I think is going to do well for him. And what so, David says is true, though. Booney's either going to look great or he's going to look – he's just going to get absolutely tagged in the media. So he'll uh, – sure he'll be on. It's been a common trend, so I think he's he's used to <laughs> <Yeah>. it. But <laughs> It's true. So who do you think piggybacks off of, uh, off of Debbie Garcia tomorrow? Ideally, it would have been Chad Green, but he threw today. I think uh, we're I think we're going to see Lewisaga tomorrow for sure. That's what I, I mean. That's the only yeah. answer I feel like that. Or I mean, Montgomery shows whatever reason he's been on this roster for. I mean, yeah, <laughs> no, that's uh, that's a really good point because the, they what are, what are the point for a reason? Yeah, what other reason he's? I mean, we were laughing at why he's on the roster for the 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 wild card series, whatever you want to call it, and like why why are you on the roster? The, I mean, he was up warming, and it's funny because. I actually want to talk about this real quick because this is this is very important for going forward is that I mean the bullpen as as a whole is like what do we do with this thing because we we come into this into this playoffs thinking that it's one of our strengths but in reality our starting rotation is our strength and our bullpen is our weakness because once Canley went down we're fucked because now the only people we got are Chapman Green Britain, I, I like, like muscle memory wants to tell me Adovino, but fuck that guy. 
he sucks. So and, he's only good if there's three three righties in a row in a certain situation. And how many Anything times besides that he's useless? And every lineup in the world is gonna not do that because they know how bad he is. So they'll yeah. they'll pinch it just on purpose to get him out of there. And that that actually let's talk about him a little bit. How bad is Adivano Vino, and how much trust do you have in him going forward? Like, do you ever want to see him in the playoffs? I I personally do not. I I do want to see him. I just I think there's a very certain, there's a very specific situation where he comes in. I think that it has to be either two or three righties in a row for him to actually come out and throw the ball. If I I just like. You can't throw him out there and just kind of hope for the best and think that um, you know he's going to go out and dominate both sides of the plate because he's not. It's just he's proven to not do that. He's proven to be inconsistent throwing balls and just not being able to get people out. So I, I hope to see him in there, but it has. I think it's going to be a very specific situation. Robbie, I want to hear your two cents, but I do know Kevin and I were talking about it earlier, and he actually tweeted from our account saying that. It'd be a catastrophic mistake, essentially, for Boone not to throw out a veto at some point. I have a couple of comments on my own, but I want to hear Robbie's intake first. Yeah, you know, the thing with him, too, he's, he's had such bright spots, too. To like, there's times where he could look so good and so dominant to where I want to see him come out to see if you could get that out of him. Because if you do and if you can get him rolling, it's tough to throw him out there right now with the way he's been in a playoff game. But if you could get that out of him, I mean, if you could start eating up some good innings out of him, it can make a huge difference in the bullpen. So, I mean, fuck, I, I'd love to see him, and I'd love to see him come out, but he's another guy where if he just doesn't have stuff, you got to get him out fast. And it's tough with that three-batter rule because I'd love to see the Adovino that we've had in the past and who was in Colorado. You can give the ball in the eighth inning and say this inning's yours, but – now I think he's kind of more of an escape artist, which has kind of disappeared because of the three batter rule. So, you know, say you're in the bottom of the seventh with one out and two guys on, that's the perfect opportunity to bring out Avino in. But if he can't throw strikes, then it's not really worth bringing him in for that because that's what he's been known for throughout his career is as an escape artist, those high-pressure situations. But does Boone really have the trust to put him in there? I don't think so. So I, I don't know – if I'm Boone, I don't know how I'm going to put him in. I don't know when I'm going to put him in, but I know he's still one of my top four healthy relievers. So it's kind of I, tricky. I honestly feel like I have a weird feeling that Montgomery is going to almost play as kind of a hot take, but I feel like he might Ew. play a bigger role Ew. in this kind of bullpen because Montgomery one is a lefty who put in a situation could probably perform really well Two, Why? he's a, he's a starter by nature. So he knows how to pitch to both sides. Like he has that experience pitching to both sides of the plate. He can probably get out of the situations. I haven't seen uh, shit out of Montgomery that makes me think he's the, no, uh, competent. You know, and you know, his 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 original starts were fine. He like I mean, he wasn't he wasn't fantastic, but he was getting like out. It. I didn't like it. I, I I he has a good curveball. What I, I'm not shitting on Montgomery 100. percent I'm just thinking in my head. I didn't see anything about Montgomery that makes me feel confident. I mean, that was my question to first and foremost. My question first and foremost was like, we have confidence in probably three guys, and our bullpen is not not very good, and that's why I bring it back to the conversation of saying I want to start Tanaka game two because I don't I don't want to see Devi get pulled after two innings because you don't know 
you don't know if Devi doesn't have it in the playoffs. Because you look at guys like, I mean, Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber is a Cy Young, not even a Cy Young. He won the Cy Young this year. He may, he may even win MVP this year. And you look at a guy like that, and he didn't have it in the playoffs. I mean, you're asking a lot out of a guy like Devi Garcia to just get it done. And and you're you're asking a lot, but I, I again like I think Devi Garcia, Tanaka, I think those are two people who are gonna pitch regardless. But I do think the bullpen thing is a is a big question. So I guess my, my question to you guys is would you rather have let's say it's a left lefty righty switch hitter, if you know up in that up in that the the bullpen warming up because you have two guys who are probably more dominant towards one side and we have the people who we know we can trust as like the the Britons of the world, the Chad Greens of the world, Chapman. But like if we're in a prudent situation, say of we the world, put one of the other the in. Ones. <laughs> yeah. If we're, if we put in a situation, who do you want? Do you want a Montgomery or do you want Adovino if it's lefty righty switch hitter? I'm team Adovino there if it's in the eighth inning yeah. or later and only for one inning. I don't think we're going to ever see Montgomery for one inning. I think Montgomery comes in if somebody gets bumped out in the fourth inning and he's got to throw two if the bullpen's taxed especially. So I think that plays into it, but I'm more confident for one inning in Adovino than I am in Montgomery if they're all switch hitters. I tell you what I would love more than anything. I would love to see Adovino come in tomorrow when the Yankees are a 4-5. I would just love to get see just a stress-free ending out of him and just get the guy going and get the ball rolling would be awesome. Just some reps. Oh, yeah, just easy, stress-free reps. Have a quick one, two, three inning. We all enjoy our night. I bet you could do that. You could go in there with a four-run lead and get out of the inning. Yeah, yeah. Come in, just be relaxed. Have some fun. Get him. Look, if he could get rolling, they could do some damage. And, you know, having the bullpen that they have now with the playoffs, you could even, if Garcia doesn't have it and still game, you, you bring out a Montgomery or Lazaga or, or whatever you want to do from there. Can't argue that. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes me laugh too because when you, I looked at Kev's most recent tweet. Said nothing better than Sessa on the mound and not shitting my pants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you just look at that too. And I don't remember the last time that I haven't shat my pants with an Adovino was in the mound. But so I feel like a Sessa pitching situation is either really good or really bad. No, tonight we're either yeah. up by a ton or we're losing <laughs> by a lot. You're up or down by ten. Nothing yeah. less. <laughs> tonight, the only Sessa guy was that in night. the world, and. I love to watch him pitch, but I have zero confidence in him. So when he came in in that exact situation, I was pretty happy. To see it. That's yeah. a great line. I love that. I love that. <laughs> that you almost you almost just tried to make a play on that. I love to. I hate to watch you go, but I love to watch you leave. Thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not, yeah, I should have. I wish I did. I thought you were doing that. No, nah, I should. You know, it was there. You're right, but I didn't. Not creative enough again. Anywho, why don't we end this episode off on? Uh, I I know I tweeted this before, but how much how much do you guys love this? Because this was uh... <laughs> <laughs> the for those for those that are listening. It's pretty I, bad radio, though. I gotta say, no, for, no. For the I'm gonna inform the people. For those that are listening, you probably saw it on social media already. But I I was just trying to make fun of Blake Snell, and he, he just I mean he's just an ugly dude. It's just. There's no, there's, there's no beating around the bush there, but 
I looked up ugly cartoon characters, and the first one that came up was Beavis and Butthead, and the spitting image of them two is just, it's just insane. They're identical, so I posted that, and that's that's what I showed the boys there. But, anywho, that's it for me. If you guys have any closing comments, what do you guys think about the game going forward? Why don't we go around the room to close out and say your confidence level from here on out after tonight's game. Bobby, why don't you start us off? Yeah, look, had to get it. Um, definitely feeling real good right now. That could all change by tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, man, just just a game that they absolutely had to have. We're riding high, but we're right back at it tomorrow. I, I don't think we went tomorrow. I think we would win game three when Tanaka goes. But, Lord, I hope I'm wrong. I, I think we're going to – I think we're going to go four. Uh, I do think we're going to go four. I think that either the the Debbie game or the Sanaka game obviously doesn't go our way. I think before the series, even before the pitching matchups came out, if we were to win the series, it's going to be we're going to get two wins with Cole and two wins with Tanaka. Anything else is icing on the cake, a little bonus. So, you know, if we come up tomorrow, I think the series is over. And this clearly tonight or last night for those listening was a must-win game. If we lost tonight, I, I think the series was, was going to be over after that. So we got life and we have two more very dominant postseason pitchers and we need two more wins, and we have a chance to do even better than that. So This is a big win. Big, 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 big win. Big-time win. And I, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people are focusing on the pitching matchups. But what people, don't, what people aren't talking about is that, like, yeah, they got the pitching matchup tomorrow. But you know what? Their best hitter is G-Man Choi, and we have one through nine people who are going to just – who are looking just for blood. And our – Tomorrow, our, seven, our nine hitter is probably going to be Gary Sanchez. So when a guy like Gary Sanchez is hitting nine, you, you got to feel a little confident about that, especially when he's he's been bad. But you know what? He's He had a home run last series, and he probably is going to hit another home run against this team. I don't know. When a guy hit, today, yeah, when a guy like Gary Sanchez is hitting nine, you got to feel a little bit good about that. You know, today so, was the today was the definition of no gaps in a lineup. That was the definition well, of what today Higgy, was. But yeah. It's really hard to lose a game when you put up 10 runs. No, yeah, and and we've been doing at least that every single game. So We're at, it, We had 12, 9, and 10, so, so I'm bad at math, but I'm pretty sure that's over 10. Again. It's over 10. <laughs> I'll hammer the over on that, Murph. So <laughs> That's it for me. Uh, thank you guys for sticking around. If you made it this far, we're going to have new episodes after every single game because we're sickos, and, you know, whenever Bobby wants to come back, Always welcome Bobby on the pod. If you are new to this channel, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star rating. And, you know, if you give a five-star rating and you hit us to 150 reviews on iTunes, I will eat a baseball. That's an open invitation. I've been saying that for the last long time. But uh, make sure you check out Bobby's podcast. Bobby, want to plug yourself a little bit? Because fantastic show out of him over there. 
Yeah, I tell you, fellas, thanks again for having me. I'll come talk Yankees with you guys anytime you guys want to have me. Uh, again, just the Brilliantly Dumb show for uh, for the podcast and then Brilliantly Dumb on Instagram. And then hopefully, uh, you know, we get some more wins and I'll be back chopping it up with you boys. I appreciate you guys. Appreciate you all the time, Bobby. Love having you on. And let's go Yanks. Let's go Yanks. <laughs> That's all it is for me. Go. I appreciate it. All the guys at 161st Street, I just have two words for you. See ya. Hope you see the better in me. Always end up better in me. I don't want to ruin this one. This type of love don't always come and go. I don't want to ruin this one. This type of love don't always come and go. I don't want to ruin this one. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.